Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode, Connor Hammersley shines a light on the culture of masculine identity that stops many farmers from seeking help and support with their farm businesses and mental health. I suppose over the last decade or maybe a little longer, um, men's health in general has come under the microscope, I suppose, in Ireland, you know, demonstrating uh, much higher levels of adverse health outcomes relative to, to their female counterparts. And um, I suppose if you delve then a bit deeper into that data, you start to see subpopulations of men that um, are a bit more marginalised in relation to their health than, than others. And, um, and farmers are one particular group that um, have been highlighted, you know, adversely in, in, re- in relation to health and particularly around heart disease, cancers and, and mental health and, and often don't present with, with health concerns until issues have reached, you know, a crisis point. In them. And if they do present at all, um, and then I suppose what, coming back to our work, with, with Chagas and the National Centre for Men's Health was to look at kind of the socio-cultural environment um, within rural uh, communities that can constrain rural men's and particularly farmers' adaptive capacity, you know, to deal with, with some of the health challenges that they face in a, an appropriate manner. And, and to get some more information from you, Connor, like you would have um, worked with a cohort of farmers to to dive deep into, um, I suppose, the dynamics when you talk about the sociocultural environment. Who exactly did you work with there? Uh, we, so we interviewed we interviewed farmers. Yeah, we interviewed farmers from varying different farming enterprises. Um, and then we also interviewed other close bodies that that relate to, to farmers to try and get, you know, the broader contextual perspective of, you know, the, the cultural environment that, that farmers operated within. So we interviewed, you know, wives and such partners of farmers. Um, we interviewed um, children of, of farmers too as well. And we interviewed agricultural advisors, you know, from different uh, farming uh, enterprise backgrounds as well. And then we also interviewed farming representative bodies, you know, such as the Irish Farmers Association and and Macrina Firma, which you know gives a mandate for 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 younger farmers to try and get a, as broad a perspective as as we possibly could. And what are the key findings, Connor? So what what we what we found was that farmers' commitment, you know, to a particular masculine identity, you know, which which on the surface was kind of demonstrated through you know projecting themselves as you know strong men suppressing emotions and, and help seeking behavior you know to avoid being seen as weak or vulnerable with, with, within their community and and you know often these things can then go you know unaddressed and can fester under the surface and then you know amplify uh, over time and, and that what we noted was that you know this pursuit of this dominant kind of masculine, image you know um within a, a farming context um can you know greatly kind of get in the way of help seeking behavior um particularly uh, within within rural communities for the fear of being consigned to a kind of a, a marginalized you know masculine status uh, in in a local area you know and previous studies have shown then that male farmers tend to equate health practices with femininity and that help seeking in particular can be seen as compromising you know, a farmer's allegiance to, to masculine norms. 
um, you know, of independence and, and autonomy that, you know, they're able to have any concerns that they have, they're able to just draw on their own skill set to deal with those issues. But unfortunately, that isn't borne out in, in reality and in national health statistics. So ultimately, you know, what we note is that the act of opposing health enhancing behaviours or health seeking behaviour is seen as an active demonstration of manliness for some farmers and a rejection of the more feminine connotations of weakness and stigmatization associated with, with health. So, so it, like in essence, the cultural influences that shape farmers' beliefs, attitudes, and practices, you know, are synonymous with a particular masculine identity and, and ultimately demonstrated in the avoidance of behaviors that show concern for health or that require emotional expression or help seeking and, and ultimately based on such practices, you know, positioning farmers as weak or vulnerable. From a societal point of view, Connor, is there any way to break down that particular barrier? Yeah, well, the first thing I'd note is that it, it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a cultural problem. So it needs like a, a cultural I- intervention and, you know, culture is developed off uh, our cultural stigmas are developed when you know there's a there's a vacuum of silence um, associated with something and you know and stigmas will will occupy that space if something isn't addressed so we want to try and encourage opening the conversation in relation to health and and mental health and a project that we're very interested in as minute is the on firm ground project uh, that you may be familiar with, Emma Louise. And what we're looking to do at the moment is the first phase of this is rolling it out with agricultural advisors. So we work very closely with the Men's Development Network down in Watford. And this is, you know, a cross-departmental project with the Department of Health and the Department of Agriculture and the Men's Development Network down in Watford and their uh, engaged training development team have come up with, a, you know, a lovely programme that, that, that is going to train agricultural advisors to equip them, you know, with the softer skills to be able to engage with farmers in relation to their health. And, and it's important to know not to be seen as like health professionals, but be able to open the conversation with farmers in relation to their health, including, including mental health, and try and be a bridge or a gap between the farmer and health services locally to try and, you know, overcome and, um, and challenge some of them cultural barriers that farmers face in relation to their health. And the wider, broader project is that, that that training would be rolled out to other linking bodies with farmers, you know, such as agri-banking, agri-business, veterinary occupations, you know, even cooperative staff, that they would be able to recognise signs and symptoms of farmers in distress and be comfortable in opening the conversation in, in relation to health. So, and that's not to underestimate the complexity of it because it is a, it is a tricky thing to, to engage with. Um, but we just want to kind of um, empower, you know, um, first, let's say, people who interact with farmers, like advisors are trying to build on that kind of close relationship that they may have with farmers, and then try to, and, and as a byproduct of that, try and empower farmers to be more proactive about their, about their, about their health. And and I, I totally hear you, Connor, when you say that it's it's very complex and, and it's, you know, it's, it's not just a farmer uh, problem. It, it's a, it's an overall, um, you know, it, within the national population, it is a cultural problem. Um, looking to the individual and, and you know, wh- while you talk about, you know, there is is efforts to, I suppose, in a greater population, a greater society of farmers to work on it. As an individual, for somebody listening today, is there any particular way that you think they could work 
on themselves in order to break down the barriers of masculinity in themselves? Yeah, well, the first thing I would say is is um, is the perspective side of things, and um, and you know, and it's 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 ultimately that there's just stigma around in, in in you know in relation to engaging with these things, and often we can think that, um, and maybe this stems from you know farmers working in isolation, and they might think that problems that they're dealing with are isolated problems that they're the only ones experiencing. But all these things are such you know. Um, natural and human things to be dealing with, and they're universal problems that many people face. And that, uh, and I think perspective ar- around that can maybe help uh, people in- engage in that a bit more. And that, you know, I mentioned kind of the cultural conformity nature in rural communities that is definitely there, but also a big strength or asset that is prevalent in rural communities is the support that's often there. And this is often demonstrated, you know, in times of need within a, within a rural community, maybe through, you know, there might be a bereavement locally and the community can really rally around each other. So the point that I'm making is that, you know, these perceptions of that I can't open up about this for fear of what they'll think, you know, isn't borne out in reality because from from my own experience from being in a rural community, rural communities are very good to support each other in times of need. So often these perceptions of an identity that they feel they need to live up to aren't borne out in reality. And people are 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 always you know very supportive if if in, in time if people are particularly farmers or rural men um, need support in relation to their health or and and specifically um, mental health. You know, and, and just added to that, then I would say that it is good for, you know, farmers to, you know, just maybe twice a year, even if they're feeling good, their health is good to just go to their GP and get a regular checkup just to keep on top, top of things and make sure, you know, there's nothing festering um, under under the surface. And it's it's really interesting that you say that, Connor, because we would have spoken with Ed Payne, a dairy farmer in Roscommon, and he would have talked about, um, you know, he has gotten into running in a big way. And when he started running, he'd actually actively sit into the car and drive away from his locality because it would have been seen as he was skiving or he was lazy if he wasn't on the farm for, for the whole day. So it, it totally links into what you're saying. Yeah, that, that, that's interesting. And uh, again, so much of these are just social constructions that we have developed and some of them are good and some of them are not so good. But one of the things that is not so good is this kind of cultural glorification of busyness, like that we have to be, you know, busy. And for fear that people were thinking that we weren't busy or taking time out for ourselves, again, is kind of stigmatized or seen as like, you know, not this hard working image, which is, which, which, you know, is, is rubbish like, and, uh, and, and I, and I, you know, we need to expose those kind of behaviors as inherently unhealthy behaviors. Um, and it's not to suggest that farmers shouldn't be resilient because they do need to be resilient in some of the work that they do. But was is when that kind of morphs into how they relate to health and help seeking behavior and even engaging in the simple thing like going for a run or, you know, going for a walk or taking time out or going out for, you know, whatever, and even a meal mid, midweek or whatever, that, you know, those things aren't seen as like um, failure or not of a kind of a hard working image that often rural men can try and present themselves as. 
And, and looking then uh, and moving on a little bit, Connor, you know, every dairy farm is is different and the challenges or stresses that people experience on farms vary. You know, what are the common stressors that the people you would have spoken to identified for their farms? This kind of comes back to the, the, the contemporary nature of society, I suppose, at the minute and the kind of changing nature of agriculture in, in many sense, particularly with the onset of, of agri-environmental um, regulation, um, you know, prompted in particular by envi- environmental concerns uh, at a wider societal level and, you know, more kind of paperwork and demonstrations of compliance um, associated with farming, I suppose, than, than it ever was before. And then also the market demands and the farmers kind of in the middle of all these things in this kind of tug of war going on. And, you know, that's kind of a, a kind of a unique stressor or a contemporary stressor for, for many farmers in adapting to these new measures associated with farming. And we contend that just more supports need to be put in place to help the farmer um, you know, adapting in this changing environment from a you know a practical sense, but also on a kind of an, an emotional sense and a, and a mental sense, because you know many farmers had constructed their identity of this notion of associated with you know kind of productivist agricultural methods where maybe more was better, um, but now some of that is being contested with agro-environmental concerns and often the productivist model. And the environmental model can be at odds with each other and the farmer is in the middle of that. And, uh, and that, that's, that's quite a unique contemporary stressor for farmers, particularly dairy farmers at the moment. And to take that a step further, when you talk about new measures, all this additional paperwork and compliance and, and market demands that we're exposed to, this is also coupled with a, a huge level of expansion across a, a, a number of dairy farms in, in the last decade or so. And with that expansion, there has been a huge, huge focus on building resilient farm businesses and little or no focus on the farmer as an, an as an individual and their ability to cope with the, I suppose, additional challenges that they face. What do you see as the best ways to cope with challenges that do arise on dairy farms? Yeah, well, the first the first point that I would make on it is that often those things, as you said, they can um they can miss out or not take into account the ripple effects of these things for farmers. So in terms of expansion being promoted and now the negative externalities that can be associated with expansion, agri-environmental concerns are are now being promoted. And what's often lost in that conversation is the ripple effects of how a farmer might adapt to those changes that are going on because you know like anyone you know if you construct your identity out of a particular way of doing things and then we're saying that you know we need to reshape this in some instance that can be quite a corrosive message you know for the farmer Um, and we can lack that kind of conversation or how you know they they can socially or culturally react to that so from a policy perspective more um more concerns or more um, kind of supports need to be put in place for farmers to adapt to that that, that change within farming. Um, and then, you know, just, just for the farmer themselves, um, and this, it, it, you know, a lot of this thing, this stuff interlinks together, but what 
what what what I would know it, because I remember you know chatting to to a dairy farmer in relation to this, and you know he was talking about you know the the the, the stress that he was under in, in relation to some of the things that we spoke about already already. But then it came up, you know, about help seeking, and he he just found it, you know, he 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 uh, confided in me that he just found it very hard to reach out for support in relation to some of these difficult difficulties that he was experiencing from a practical sense but also you know in, in an emotional sense when, when things were getting on top of them and you I remember the word it was like a mission of failure that that I wasn't able to deal with these things things myself and and what I would contend is it's not given up seeking help isn't given up or seeking support isn't given up it's actually the exact opposite it's it's driving on and it's willing to show that you want to, you know, adapt to these things, both from a personal point of view and also from a, a professional point of view. So I think, you know, in a broader sense, you know, we need to culturally reshape how we view um, seeking help so farmers can adapt to these uh, change in nature of farmer in a more appropriate manner. I, I think, um, you know, ar- around this conversation, you would have talked about on firm ground as this new initiative. And there's also, you know, other really, really good examples of the, the the conversation being started in some discussion groups. And also, you know, the recent Ag Mental Health Week, you know, it it is something that, you know, asking for help and, and seeking out help is something that, you know, in, in some instances is really being encouraged. And the, I guess, the services and the professionals that are there to help people, you know, are, you know, are, are widely advertised. And I guess, you know, the first port of call is often the GP. But from a farming perspective, when you think about, you know, an issue technically on farms, the agricultural advisor and the vet are, are, are really, really strong protocols that are always willing to help. Yeah, most definitely. And and again, a lot of these things that they can do, these things are open up all things. These things are, are perceptions. And, you know, and again, I just go back to the point that it's not that you can be as a farmer, you can be resilient in some context in regard to the, some of the work that you have to do but not to try and let that fester into other aspects of your life, particularly when, you know, if stress is getting on top of you or if your health is compromised in some way. And I remember this being reflected kind of by um, a wife of a farmer when we were conducting the study too. And, you know, she, she said that, you know, my husband is the first one to always offer help and support, but the last one to seek it himself. And the thing is for farmers, you know, to extend, extend that support and empathy that they can show for their livestock, their farm, their family, their community, and extend that support and care to themselves. Because ultimately, you know, without the farmer's health and well-being, you know, the farm itself is, is nothing without, you know, a healthy and, and vibrant farmer. Looking then to... Um you know, rural communities. How have things changed over the last number of decades as you see it from your research, Connor? Yeah, so I suppose when we were conducting the study, you know, grave concerns were expressed about, you know, the unravelling of, of rural communities to some extent. And maybe that's even too strong of a word, but it would seem to be underpinned by, you know, the decline in the number of viable farm holdings, particularly in more geographically isolated parts of Ireland, the closure of rural services and social outlets 
and the loss of community spirit or metal that, you know, this sense that, you know, or this sense that farmers were even too busy to be even helping each other out and which was adrift by more kind of communal efforts that were associated with farming, you know, in a previous generation. And to some extent, by a sense of being let down or abandoned by key pillars of, of society um, and policies not taken into account the contemporary needs of, 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 of rural areas. Um, you know, and this kind of increased the risk of isolation and loneliness and 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 problems kind of festering over over time. Um, so you know, you know, those were the kind of the, the the issues that were expressed among you know rural inhabitants who who we who we researched that were kind of compounding issues or that you know are issues that compounded you know health and well being within a, a a rural community, and I think more supports. Need to be put in place to address kind of the contemporary needs of, of rural areas to support people within those communities. And for the farmers themselves, Connor, you know, if we think about it, as you say, you know, um, you know, traditionally, um, when you're harvesting, whether it's silage or hay, you know, it, you know, everyone on the road would be rowing in behind you uh, to get the job done uh, before weather breaks. Maybe that sort of thing doesn't happen anymore. Um are we all too busy to get involved and, and, and give a helping hand? Yeah, and I suppose this is kind of demonstrated in, it's not just demonstrated in farming communities, it can be demonstrated in, in many communities that um, we have so many kind of luxuries nowadays that, you know, we don't need to kind of seek help or support in ways that we might have used to. For instance, you can contact each other very easily by the touch of a button on a phone nowadays and also in a farming context you know machinery has replaced physical labor as well and and the onset of that is probably you know more kind of loneliness and and isolation and it's also perception that i can't ask you know the farmer down the road for for help because you know he's too busy and you know i'm busy and um and, you know, it would be unfair on me to be asking him for, for support. So th- those are kind of shifts that have happened in, in rural society that, you know, I suppose, and it has helped, you know, it's not that machinery or technology is all bad, but it's just kind of a knock-on effect that has kind of reduced social interaction that, um, you know, can, can, can have a, a negative consequence on, on people's, like, social life. And Connor, you mentioned that on firm ground is the next step in in terms of your research. You know, creating, I suppose, platforms and structures to provide more education to us on on you know the softer skills around farming and life in general. Yeah. But I mean to 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 um, take a step back and and maybe provide some initial tips or advice for farmers to you know overcome barriers to protect their physical and mental health well i i think first of all uh it's important to recognize the important work that um farmers um contrib- contribute to society um in terms of providing food and nutrition and sustenance to, to a growing population 
and and the important work that that does for society because every time we sit down uh, at the table um, I suppose broader society can be aloof to the work that has gone in to facilitate that meal in in front of you so I think broader society needs to appreciate the role of of farmers uh, the role farmers play in society um and then just from you know a, a practical perspective um i think the perspective the broader perspective in acknowledging that these challenges that they may be going through or facing be that you know with specific issues it could be you know different things within farming that's that's stressing them you know succession or as we talked about the change in nature of farming in relation to subsidy payments and regulation any of those things are getting them down that they are not struggling with that in in isolation i think is is very important that they're they're universal problems and that um seeking support for them would be a very very wise thing to do and there's there is um plenty of support out there you know if they can you know um if they can reach out reach out for for that support and then you know if they can try and give themselves we we, we spoke about you know this glorification of always being busy and having to work you know if if you can just get over that rubbish and give yourself time on a daily basis whatever that may be a half an hour or an hour to get away from the farm and for for yourself be that a walk or whatever it may be that you like to do do that and and you know give that time to to yourself i think is very important as well and I think one of um, my take homes that I think everyone should look into, Connor, you mentioned that regular checkup with the GP. So in the last six months, if this is something that you haven't done as, as a farmer listening today, you know, why not make the call and book in for that checkup? Thank you, Connor. Thanks very much, Emily. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Connor Hammersley for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.